and like seeing Ben Carson, like seeing a black man as a physician, like created an image in my head that this is possible, you know? And like, that is one of the biggest things is, is seeing is, is understanding the importance of having a role model that looks like you. Now listening to the Duo Sports and Stuff Podcast. Here are your hosts, Deontay Epps and Dane Beasley. Episode 47 of the Duo Sports and Stuff Podcast. My name is Deontay Epps, joined by my brother, Dane Beasley. My guy, Dane, how are you doing this evening? I'm pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty good, man. Uh, started off on the right foot. Uh, get you to slip up. That's my goal. If I can get you to slip up at least once or twice a day, then my day is yeah, met. Of so course. I'm good. You, you got me again. Next time you yeah. will not, though. The Duo Sports and Stuff podcast powered by Blue Wire Hustle. Before we introduce our next guest, we have another one. We'd like to say that you can. What were you saying, Dane? Oh, no, I was writing a note to myself that you said you uh-huh. wouldn't be got an episode nah, 48, you, you, but it's going to happen. You got jokes. Uh, give us a five-star review on Apple, rating, all that good stuff, and that will help us get ears to our podcast to ears that they can listen to the duo, man. So uh, without further ado, I feel like there's no other way to introduce this guy than by doing this. Definition of Steve's. It be styling with ease, dude. Appreciate it, man. Throwback, man. You know, I'm I'm doing well, man. I'm doing I'm doing good. You know, out here in Alabama. Yeah. Um, but yeah, man. I'm, I'm a you know long time listener, uh, first time guest, first time caller. But yeah, yeah, first time caller. But it, it's uh it's pretty awesome to see the the progression y'all have been uh you know experiencing uh now on episode forty seven, which is crazy. And you had this nice little contraption, this nice little app you got going on. Mm-hmm. And, and, and you said powered by something. What did you what was powered by? Blue, what? Blue Wire Hustle, man. Blue it's Wire like Hustle. a little network oh, we're part of, like sports podcast network, like-minded other creators and stuff collaborate and bounce ideas off each All other. Right, to try to All right, Joe Budden. All right, call me down, Joe I know, right? Hey, can't mention me with Joe right now, man. That man, oh, yeah. you know, they, they got to do job. it. I might be out of yeah. job. You mentioned Joe. They going through it right now, man. Oh, man. <laughs> Appreciate you uh, coming on, bro. And, you know, of course, congratulations once again. My guy is head team physician for UTSA Athletics, man. So, Huge. you know, we had to get you to come on and talk about that and a lot yes, of sir. other stuff going on in the, the sports world, sports medicine world and stuff like that. So. Definitely appreciate you coming on, man. No problem. A lot of the time, 
like on past few episodes, Dane gets tired of me talking about Baylor because I'm always repping um, Wait a the, the Bears <laughs> athletically. And <laughs> you're not just gonna mischaracterize me in front of my face, like I'm just not oh, yeah. right. I, I'm definitely gonna do that. <laughs> definitely gonna do that. But for, but for you, man, what what was your experience like at Baylor as far as you know being like at a PWI and being like a black kid trying to make it through? Yeah, man. You know, I, I really loved my experience at Baylor. Um, it was, I mean, the, the first time I ever heard about Baylor, I think I, I wrote on my Twitter, um, I tweeted it out, was um, when the women's national team won in 2005. That was the first time I ever heard about Baylor. You know, I liked the colors. I was like, oh, nice. What's, what's mm-hmm. going with this? And it's like, you know, it's not a UT. It's not a UNT. It was kind of something that was that was different. And I f- found out it was in a place called Waco, which was unpronounced. <laughs> I guess it was pronounced Waco. So, um, you know, that was my first exposure. And then uh, I went there for like a little summer camp thing. And, you know, I really enjoyed the aspects of like higher education plus uh, developing your Christian faith at the same time. And then when I went there, um, it was, it was like, it was like, you know, a time where I, I was able to mature and pretty much like experience all these different adversities. Uh, but be able to, to come through at the end was, was, you know, it was pretty great. And I, I swear I did ever, I swear I didn't sleep because I, I, I didn't, I didn't sleep because I was only there for two years. Cause yeah. I, I came in with two years of, of college credit. Um, but I wanted to maximize everything I could possibly do uh, on campus, and it was it was insane. That, it was that's, insane. that's crazy because, bro. Like, I, I mean, I met you because I think I met you because next door you were always hanging out with Eric and Regis and all of them. And, yeah, playing the Xbox. Yeah. Right, right, playing the game. But other than that, I always saw you in the library, man. I'm like, man, this dude is grinding. He's going places. And that kind of brings me to, to my next question, man. On your IG post when you announced that you accepted the position at UTSA, you said after 15 years of studying, testing, and training, this is a dream come true. Like, I, it's it's a simple question, but, like, how? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, like when you like this is, you know, you have to really look at the journey to become a physician and it's really, really tough. Uh, and it's really it's, it's 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 a grind. It's something that not a lot of people can get through. Um, and I feel it's something that's very it's very overlooked uh, because, yes, at the end of the, at the end of the day, when you get to your job, you get paid well and you get all this and you get a, you know, start your lifestyle. But you have to be, you have to be accustomed, accustomed to delayed gratification. You know what I'm saying? So right when people are graduating from college, you're going into med school and then you're paying about 50,000, almost $50,000 worth of med school a year while people are over there gaining 50 to $60,000 a year. And you're, 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 you're kind of like, investing in yourself a little bit. So 15 years ago, you know, it was, I was finished off my sophomore year at, at, uh, in high school and there was a program uh, called Texas Academy of Math and Science at UNT that um, I applied to. And uh, me and my dad discussed that it was the best opportunity for me to become a physician because I'll be surrounded by like-minded students. And that, and that academy was about like 150, 200 like gifted and talented student uh, students in Texas, and they're all from India, all from uh, uh, they're all from Plano, the Plano area, mostly from the Plano area. 
but they all had Indian or um, like Korean or uh, Chinese heritage. And it was just so competitive of in terms of like, okay, did you get a hundred on this test? Did you not get it? And I was surrounded by these geniuses that, are, that ended up going to Yale and Brown and all this stuff. But it put in my, it allowed me to be collegial with people that had aspirations of becoming physicians uh, and be able to kind of pick their brain of, okay, what, what, what do you guys know about this? What do you guys know about this? Because it seemed like all of us, the main reason why we became a physician is because our parents put in our head, hey, you're going to be a doctor one day. You know, they're coming out from overseas and they're like saying, you're going to be a doc one day. You're going to, you know, bring our family out of the trenches and do all that stuff. So uh, to be able to form those relationships with those guys and like now most of these, most of most of my high school classmates are doctors now or are in residency now. It's kind of, um, it's it's very, you know, it's very rewarding to see. But it's a grind. <laughs> like you yeah. said, you saw me at, you saw me in the library, man. I slept Moody in the library so many times. Moody, Moody, Moody. I slept there. I slept, yeah. I slept on the couch, like in between, uh, like when I have a, a test, like a couple of days before I would sleep in the library and then wake up and study and then sleep there. And then I'll just be doing whatever I'm doing, messing around with people yeah. uh, throughout the day. And that's, that's but, yeah. not to cut you off, but like, man, that's mm-hmm. amazing to me because I used to, I saw you in the library, but I saw you other places too. Like you did the music thing every now and then. And I'm like, bro, how is he able to do all of these things and study and get like straight A's and leave Baylor in two years? Like that's what I was always admired about with, with you, bro. Is just like, man, you were very versatile and you were able to, you know, grasp and do different things at, you know, at the same time, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was tough, man. It was tough. Cause not only did I did the music, you know, I had the opportunity to be on that, uh, Baylor recording label, yeah. uh, but I also did, uh, something called, uh, God, I think it was called discipleship now where we were like a traveling worship team that would go to like different first Baptist church churches around the area. And we'll, I was with the Hooter, Jacob Hooter. Mm-hmm. So we, we would perform like little do like praise and worship, uh, uh every once in a while. Um, around the area and then i was a yell leader so and that was that was the craziest one because that was the one that was un, 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 unexpected because there was this one there was this one girl that was uh me and qp uh quentin mm-hmm. uh, we were friends with her and she wanted to try to be a cheerleader and she was like well i need guys to come over and be a part of be a part of this because uh, they don't have a lot of guys. So if I get a bunch of guys to come and try out, then, you know, I'll be able to make the team. And so like there was me, Quentin, and, and I think like two other guys, we didn't know anything about cheerleading, anything about, you know, the, the lifting up and doing the stunts and everything. And, um, so we all tried out, all the guys made it. And then the girl didn't make it. Oh no. <laughs> and I, and, and, and I, and I haven't seen that girl ever since, man. I, I haven't seen, I haven't seen her. All I know is that I was on the sideline. I got my free gear, yeah. but it was, it was still intense, man. Cause we still had to do two a days. Like we woke up at eight, 6 AM. We had to go work out, do uh, work with the football coaches on our strength and conditioning. And then we had practice in the afternoon. And then on top of that, I was taking uh, 15 hours of upper level biology uh, that, that, uh, that last semester. And it was, it was intense, man. It was intense. Yeah, man. Man, well, hopefully, old girl isn't watching and listening to this podcast, man. Because that's <laughs> that's 
That's good, Richie. Hey, yo. Man. Thanks. Appreciate it. Jeez, that's crazy. Talk about coming yeah, full circle. Was, like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, it, was, it, was, so, it was something else. It was something else. So you you touched upon basically the foundation that was laid uh, for you when you were in high school to where you're at or basically where you are right now. Now, what made mm-hmm. you or what inspired you um, to chase that, the career field specifically with sports as an emphasis? Yeah, I think, you know, what originally, uh, you know, when it comes down to like originally becoming a doctor, uh, I, my parents were, were very, um, my parents were a key factor of like saying that, you know, not tell me a reason why, but saying that, you know, you're meant to be, or you, you're, you're, you know, especially when you're, when you're foreign, you have to be a doctor, engineer, a lawyer, right? One of those, one of those three things. So my parents were just saying, you're, you're meant to be a doctor. Then my dad handed me a book, uh, think big, uh, by Dr. Uh, our gifted hands by uh, Dr. Benjamin Carson. And like seeing Ben Carson, like seeing a black man as a physician, like created an image in my head that this is possible you know and like that is one of the biggest things is is seeing is is understanding the importance of having a role model that looks like you you know and that's that's one of the crucial reasons why opportunity is such a big 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 thing of providing opportunities for those that are not represented uh in certain fields and those that are not represented in you know in certain yeah certain areas because you never know who you can who you can encourage to follow up and and support that dream. Like if Doctor Carson did, wasn't able to do that, I don't know if I would be able to sustain this journey in becoming a doctor. Because I look at him, I'm like, okay, well, one black guy did it. Maybe I can do it too in the long run, you know. And so that was that was a crucial part of becoming a doctor. And then as I you know, I've always loved sports. Sports is a huge factor in, in my life, whether playing it, watching it, or video games. Like, the only video games I play are sports video games. Like, FIFA. I used to be the king of FIFA back in, back in the Bailey days. <laughs> That's uh, questionable, you know, bro. And, 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 and NCAA football. Uh, Yo, Madden. KJ had this uh, dynasty <laughs> on NCAA Bro, it was like a hundred. Well, he he did it like for a hundred years. The same dynasty. Hey, yo, go up, big blue. Yeah, with Michigan, Michigan he used to hit me up like, yeah, I got this dynasty. Like he won like national championship, after national championship overall. I like that. He's like the only dude I know that like was committed to the same dynasty year after year. It's crazy. This man, is Nick Saban undefeated, man. Facts. Undefeated, bro. And, and yeah, so it's like you know having that sports, and then I saw. I remember I was sitting down watching Sports Center, and I saw. Uh, Dr. James Andrews on on ESPN or something talking about it, talking about an injury or something. And it said like, oh, team physician. I was like, okay, I want to be that guy. Like, I want to be a team physician. That sounds pretty awesome. Being on the sideline um, and then, you know, evaluating players and stuff like that. So, you know, originally I I was thinking, okay, I'm going to be an orthopedic surgeon because that was the only thing I knew to be a team physician. Um, But the OR is not my the OR is not my personality. Being in the operating room, my my personality is sitting in front of somebody, talking about them, and and, and being in that clinic setting. Um, so I was able to do research and start a sports medicine interest group uh, at at my medical school at UTMB in Galveston, and I saw that there's different avenues to become a team physician, and one of them was through family medicine, which fit me 
like a glove because I like everything. I like knowing everything. I like talking and, and promoting uh, health outside of just um, like immediate results, but also changing uh, people's lives from a holistic approach. Um, so that was, when I saw that I can be a team physician, I was like, okay, well, let me get on top of that. I'm going to try to, I'm going to go to residency knowing that I want to be a sports med doc and I want to go into a fellowship to do a sports medicine, uh, fellowship. And I'm at, you know, Andrews right now, which is pretty cool. You know, seeing like this person that inspired me, I mean, I've only seen him a couple of times, you know, I'm, I'm still waiting for like my autograph and, and a handshake, but, uh, uh, it's pretty cool <laughs> to kind of experience this, uh, this opportunity, man. So, man, with, you know, the past year, over a year and a half is, it's been crazy with everything going on with the coronavirus and shutting down sports and the return of sports. So with everything that's happened, how do you think it would change the way health, like both physical and mental the aspect of it, how it would change on a sports landscape or how it's seen. Yeah. I think one of the things that we realized with this COVID pandemic was the importance of, of being healthy, like in general, the importance of, of having, you know, a, a healthy, uh, you know, decreasing your, your likelihood to getting comorbidities like uh, comorbidities, like diabetes, hypertension, a high cholesterol and how those three things can increase your increase your mortality rate and morbidity rate when you were diagnosed with covid so promoting health and promoting healthy lifestyles is going to be crucial um but the, the crazy thing about it is that that's not really promoted or that's not really supported by insurance which was as a payer of you know the payer for healthcare you know, and, and people that promote these healthy lifestyles, when you talk about primary care physicians are one of the the, uh, the least reimbursed uh, specialties uh, for it. So we have to kind of shift our focus on on how we want to uh, focus on how we want to treat people and how we want to do preventative care. Like a gym membership should be on your insurance. Like insurance should be paying part of your gym membership. Insurance should be considering, okay, when you go to a dietitian, we want you to go to a dietitian every once in a while because once you do that, like you are you are decreasing the likelihood that you're going to have uh, you're going to have different things pop up later in life. Therefore, they're not spending that much money on doing different surgeries, spending time in the hospital, spending time in the uh, in the ICU. So we really have to shift our focus on this preventative medicine and trying to create healthy lifestyles for, uh, you know, for everybody. Right. And you kind of mentioned like sort of like promoting healthy lifestyles. What responsibilities do you think like pro athletes? Because, you know, they're all they're the face of, you know, what America likes as far as sports. And, you know, they're seen often in commercials and promotions and stuff. And do you feel like they have a responsibility to promote healthy lifestyles and um, advocating for, for great public health, man. You know, athletes have so much of a burden, man. I like, I always think of Charles Barkley and like the, I am not a role model, you know, like, because athletes have such a big burden. They have to, because they're on the forefront and because they're, uh, they're the poster child for pretty much everything. Um, they, they literally have so much 
on their back to carry in terms of promoting healthy lifestyle, being on the forefront for social justice, uh, being faces for their franchises, for their agents, supporting their own family. So we have to kind of step back and, and have and create other avenues and other faces for healthcare, other faces for promoting healthy lifestyles. Um, and also, you know, when you, when you look at it, we also have to create other path, other faces for like social justice and social justice changes. Like at, sports is such a huge avenue and it's such a huge vehicle for change that right now athletes have to do this. Yeah. They have to be they have to be that proponent for social justice and change, because if they don't, nobody else would talk about it. Right. Sports is sports is the biggest distraction in America. Like that, that's that's what it is. It's, it distracts us from the reality. So but it's also the most one of the it, COVID showed that sports is the most important thing in this world, in America. When Rudy Gobert did whatever he did and the NBA stopped, people took COVID seriously right then <laughs> and there. They're like, okay, if, if the NBA stopped, then there's something happening, right? So, mm-hmm. and then also when you look at from the other aspect is that the only time that people actually hear black people, like general general population actually hears what black people have to say is normally with these sports athletes. We don't have a, uh, we don't have a Martin Luther King Jr. We don't have a Malcolm X. We don't have, we don't have people going out to the forefront with sole purpose of social justice change and they don't have that same voice like they did before that we have to we have to hope that maybe lebron james or damien uh, like dame willard will, or steph curry will say something about this one subject so people's ears can now be can now be you know hear something about it so it's a lot and to say that yeah, I mean, that's the unfortunate part is that you these athletes have to be advocates for everything positive uh, lifestyle-wise. They have to be an advocate for promoting good health. They have to be an advocate for saying, hey, get vaccinated for COVID. They have to be an af- advocate for saying, hey, we want social justice change. They have to be – and it's, it's I can only imagine. It's just so tiring. Yeah. But without it, them, I don't know we can do anything. It's so crazy, like – what what you had mentioned kind of popped in my head. Like at the same time, you know, they have such a burden and I don't know if this is the reason, but sometimes you see athletes that, you know, are on that stage or on that pedestal and they are trying to be a voice, but they say something that, you know, m- might not be the right thing to say. Like they're trying to voice and, you know, be that big voice in sports and with everything going on yeah. in the world and they might not say the right thing. And then in the, the internet, age you know it's hard to come back from that so yeah yeah that kind of goes along with it and like being that double-edged sword like man be careful what you say like know how you want to portray your message because like it's gonna go viral in a second and they're gonna try to cancel you and get you up out of here (laughs) exactly exactly so yeah you definitely it's tough man (laughs) because we, we always look at it from the from the outside you know outside looking in but some of these athletes are the first people uh, to go to college in their family. They're the first uh, person to go to college. They're supporting not only their immediate family, but also their outside family and friends. And then on top of that, we're expecting them to speak up and be these uh, social justice warriors and be on the forefront of social justice change. But it really should be, it really should be our, the people that are our scholars 
and our, our professors and faculty that are actually study this in and out that need to be on a, on the pedestal and, and the ones speaking out and that we need to lift up their voice higher than what LeBron has to say, higher than what, you know, any musician has to say. Um, and, and will that ever happen? I don't know. I don't think so, but we can, I can always hope. We know that stadiums nationwide are starting to open up from, you know, 50% capacity to 75%. And even at the start of the new NFL season here in uh, 2021, we're some teams are opening up to 100% capacity. So I'm not mm-hmm. saying, hey, KJ, mm-hmm. if I go to a game and I catch a cold, can I blame you? I'm not saying that. <laughs> but <laughs> what, are your, what are your thoughts on these on these stadiums open up to 100%? Like, is, is, it, is this considered safe? Or what type of measures can people uh, can expect to, you know, come in contact with, with uh, enjoying their sports up close and personal? Yeah, I mean that's a tough question. You know, I think the I think one of the one of the um, one of the things I'm uh, one of the sayings I'm not I'm not afraid to say is I don't know. You know, I have no idea. And you hear that, Dad? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I said that because my dad he'll listen to this episode in like a month, and because uh, he's so behind on the episodes, but he. If yeah, he doesn't yeah. know something, he won't say, I don't know. You know how dads are. They always try to figure out they know something. Sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's true, man. It's like, it's like I don't know. I, I, I have no idea. But there's only there's only one thing that I, I'm sure of is that if I take the vaccine, I have a less likely – I'm less likely to have symptoms and go to the hospital because of COVID. I'm less likely to spread uh, COVID-19 to uh, to my my fellow uh, – my, my colleagues and my friends – and the main reason why we're and I, I always kind of do tongue in cheek tweets on my my Twitter of us saying like, "Hey, good morning to the to the vaccinated and the vaccinated only," you know, because the main reason why we're at this, <laughs> the main reason why we're at this point where we can say that, um, we can say that stadiums that can open up at one hundred percent is because people actually went out of their way to get vaccinated, and that a certain percentage of people are being vaccinated, and that's that is what's truly opening up this. Uh, this this country, and that is what is um, you know that's what's making us be able to to progress because you know COVID COVID is is definitely you know one of those things that if you don't have somebody that was diagnosed or went to the ICU or died because of it, you'll probably never know the the extent of how bad it can be. Uh, my fiance, she's a IC, traveling ICU nurse. She did COVID ICU for a year working like nine, 80 to 90 hours a week. And she was on the front lines of seeing people die from it, seeing people be in the ICU for three plus months, uh, four plus months, five plus months of, and just having that, that intense, that intense care, especially in the beginning when nobody, nobody knew how to treat it. Nobody knew if, if you could, if it was, we were washing uh, salad bags and we're washing potato chips bags because we were afraid that it would be on yeah, the surfaces yeah. in the groceries. So, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So it's like coming from there, we have to say that, okay, when we open up to 100%, if you didn't get vaccinated, just wear a mask. Like, okay. If you don't want to get vaccinated, wear a mask. If you want, if you want to go out mm-hmm. they say, if you're not vaccinated, wear a mask, wear a mask. Okay. Like just follow the rules. If we follow the rules and we do things in a, in a, in a, in a manner that makes sense, we're going to decrease the likelihood of having that third spike. 
because people are experiencing people around the world are experiencing a third spike when you look at india when you look at certain uh certain countries in europe they're having that third spike again because they lacks completely and then it went straight up i know a lot of the times when you know when covid first started and you know how it was affecting a lot of the athletes. There was this thing of talking about the long-term effects as far as myocarditis. Can you kind of explain what myocarditis mm-hmm. is? And is that still kind of a problem and something that's being talked about right now? Yeah. So, um, so the myocardium, so when you talk about myocardi- myocarditis, you're talking about the heart. Uh, the myocardium is a certain uh, muscle uh, layer in the heart. And uh, itis, like the carditis, itis means inflammation. Um, so you're worried about the inflammation of, of a layer, uh, muscle layer in the heart. Um, <clears throat> and so one of the uh, one of the, the scares or one of the the, the mechanism of, of or the um, the symptoms of COVID is that we're worried about the inflammation of the heart and causing detrimental effects and being shown with symptoms such as chest pain, shortness of breath, and that leading to possible, you know, death ultimately uh, with these athletes. Because the number one thing that you're worried about with an athlete um, is the number one cause of death with young collegiate athletes is sudden sudden cardiac death, uh, which is due to either um, an enlarged heart or it can be due to certain – different types of rhythms of the heart that, that, that predisposes you to have an, uh, like a, an accident or, or your heart to, to pump in a different way that can make you, that can basically, you can die from it. Um, so that's what they're worried about. They're like, okay, the number one thing we got to worry about for athletes is heart problems and well, COVID can lead to heart problems. So how can we research this and make sure, uh, we're preventing that from progressing and that happening. So, <clears throat> What they did is that they did certain tests and they ultimately did something called a cardiac MRI with uh, with uh, certain athletes um, that had COVID. And they saw that there was changes within the heart that pretty much looked like myocarditis, you know, so that's what that's what their main worry was. But the problem with that is that we never really looked at when athletes got sick with any type of like say the flu or say mono or something like that. We never really looked to see what changes were made to the heart with the cardiac MRI with that specific diagnostic imaging before. So now we're seeing changes with, with COVID-19, but it could be the same type of changes that we see with the flu or we see with other viral illnesses. But because we're just been focusing on COVID-19, we're like, Oh wow, this can be a problem. So right now, you know, in the beginning, you know, the Big Ten, uh, you know, was very cautious about it and understandably so. And side note, people, the public is now getting used to what science is all about. Science is about hypotheses <laughs> and then making a I mean, everybody should know what this is. Right? This is like this is like elementary school science, hypothesis yeah. and, then, and then coming up with a conclusion. But you have it's about rolling. It's about rolling with it. it's about being wrong. It's about trying different things. But in the today's Twitter world, you can't be wrong. You can't make a hypothesis. Otherwise, you're saying 
what you said this you're yeah. wrong you guys don't know anything <laughs> no, dr fauci blah, blah. i'm like man the guy's a scientist like we don't know anything about COVID 19 everything has to be done in a stepwise stepwise fashion and it's, and so, it's one, oh, i'm sorry i was just gonna say like long term like it's still considered like early like based on everything exactly. we don't we don't we still don't know a lot like as far as long term five ten years down the road Exactly, exactly. And so that's like, that's what happened with this myocarditis is that now we're looking at it and we're seeing that, okay, well, not a, the, the, what we thought would, could, could be a big problem probably isn't that big of a problem. There could have been changes in, uh, to the heart for any viral illness. And we have to make sure we study what happens when people have flu, what happens when people have different types of viruses and compare it to what's happening with people with COVID-19. So as of right now, as far as I'm, I see or as what's been reported is that luckily the athletes that have been diagnosed with COVID-19, none of them have, have passed away with sudden cardiac death. And that's based off of what I've seen so far on uh, the, the different articles through JAMA and through all these, uh, all these different athletes. But they are seeing that it could possibly lead to residual changes and residual, um, uh, yeah, residual changes within the heart. So that's what we're trying to focus in and understand over the long run. Right, it's still a lot of gibberish, like a but in process kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a, a lot, of, a lot of gibberish. But the number one thing is that we don't know, and we're still trying it out, and we're still trying to understand. Sw- switching gears, bro. I, I see in the background you got a stack of uh, shoe boxes there. And... <laughs> oh, that man, that's nothing, bro. <laughs> hey, so story time for the audience, man. So among the other things that KJ has done in his life, man, he is also a sneaker connoisseur. Um, this I can't even describe this this experience with KJ I had. So <laughs> I'm gonna tell the story. So KJ KJ hit me up was like, bro, you want to go to Austin? I can't even. T- How many years ago was this KJ? And this had to be this had to be between like this had to be before my residency, maybe yeah. I don't know, or, or yeah, probably before my. You so was living in Galveston, right? I think you're still living in Galveston. Oh, okay. It was probably, I, I don't know. I don't know. Probably anyway, four or five years. It, it was yeah. like four or five years ago, maybe longer. But KJ hit me up. It's like, bro, you want to go to Austin and meet with me to this, this sneaker raffle? And I was like, all right, cool. And uh, <laughs> you're trying to get, uh, I guess, just describe the, um, like the, the essence of what was going on there. Cause I was yeah, there for the so ride. It was, yeah, it was a, uh, it was at Nice Kicks. It was at Nice, nice Kicks, Kicks Austin, right. and uh, Nice Kicks Austin was probably it's probably one of the at that time it was one of the one of it was probably one of the only sneaker boutiques that sold like pretty sought after sneakers. Mm-hmm. So they were having a a raffle where you you you, you have a chance to win a lot of sneakers. And uh, I was like, okay, I need some bodies. I need some bodies. Yo, Deontay, <laughs> we got you want to show up, man? Yeah, I was like, yo, Deontay, if you want to show up, I need I need some people. I need to increase yeah. my chances. So, yeah, yeah. We, we went down. We went, I picked, I think I picked you up. Mm-hmm. I, I picked you up and then we went down to Austin and we waited in line. Yeah, for sure. We waited in line for the sneaker raffle. I ended up winning in the, in, in the end, but the funny part of the story is... <laughs> Legendary. We're in line. Legendary. <laughs> We're in line, and some and a guy, a white kid, comes up to KJ, and I don't remember the exact like quote he said, but it was along the lines of, 
oh my god man i i follow you on twitter like you're amazing man i'm so happy like i'm happy i get to meet you kind of thing like kj had like this big following on twitter I, do, you, do you still have that twitter account no, 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 I don't, I don't. <laughs> Bro, he had like oh, thousands yeah. of followers and um, <laughs> he like, it was like a sneaker account where you tweeted about shoes and stuff like that and the guy had followed you and stuff and he was like in awe of KJ, like a celebrity had just been, you know, in his face and he was like, man, I'm so happy I get to meet you, I'll follow you. I'm, I'm sitting there like, what is going on? <laughs> what is this? Like, every man. time, I, I, I don't, like, KJ always surprises me and like, <laughs> hilarious because that because that was that was the time i had to hustle man because yeah. i was i was in between i was in between med school and residency so i had like nine <laughs> months before i started residency yeah and i didn't want to get a job and i was like let me just uh let me just try to see if i can sell sneakers because you know i i was selling sneakers in, in med school a little bit uh, but i was like okay let me see if i can go full-fledged and 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 kind of flip sneakers yeah and uh basically like that's when these apps called goat and StockX came out and which created an easier uh it created an easier environment to buy to buy and sell sneakers so i was going like i knew every i knew like all the employees in foot locker i knew all the employees at uh at finish line <laughs> I, was, I was up in i was up in there man and what? you know, <laughs> and, you know, it's just, it's just something light, man. It's just something light. But it was, it was it was a it was a fun time because then I I got to kind of I got to work on my own work on my own time and um, I got to build up my sneaker collection and then when I went to residency, um, you know, I just I was just able to kind of continue to to work on that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, man. So I, yeah, I, I brought up that story to ask, like, kind of in a wider <laughs> sense, like, how do you think, like, the sneaker cultures impacted sports and then vice versa? Man, sne- without, without sports, there'll be no sneakers. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm. it's a, such a big, it's such a big, big proponent of, of sneaker culture, if you wouldn't even call it a culture. Um, it's a, you know, without MJ and without what he did with, the Air Jordan One, Air Jordan, Air Jordan Three, Air Jordan Four, in those specific moments in sports history, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be collecting right now. I wouldn't mm-hmm. have this amount of sneakers because every, like for me, every sneak sneakers are like a, a moment. It's like a, a capsule of time, and it's mm-hmm. also like an art. It's an art, and it's like a baseball card. It's like a wearable baseball card to me. So, like my all the Jordans that I have is the Jordans that like I can say like, okay, Michael, this is the flu game Jordan, right? Where he uh, against the Utah Jazz. Uh, this is the game where he shot over this. This Jordan four is the four that he shot over Craig Elo in the uh, in the Cavs. Um, this is the first Jordan that he wore in. Uh, this is the first uh, Jordan that he wore in 1986. This is also this is also the prototype Jordan. Like I'm I'm collecting like stuff that were like the prototypes, and also what it the Adidas that that Michael Jordan wore. And then right now I'm working on my Kobe collection. I'm working on uh, my LeBron James collection before he retires. And the price go price shoots up because my, my my the value of my sneakers after the Last Dance it shot up by like three three uh 300 percent that's because the, the craze went up i was like okay that's cool with me man i mean like, <laughs> now like okay that's sweet I, I already got my parents in y'all y'all yeah. just catching up you know what i'm saying so <laughs> it's it's uh it's so it's so important that like the, the cross the 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 way went hip-hop 
sneakers and sports they all are intertwined in everything that's why that's why Kanye and his Air Yeezy uh, with Nike and now his Yeezy 350s 700s and 750s seen with a lot Adidas. of partnerships too with all these yeah. artists yeah that, that, that's why that's why they're that's why they're that's why they're able to thrive because this is all about you know this is all about hip hop culture this is all about black culture and it's it's about like it's about it's a celebration of it in my opinion and that's mm-hmm. that's why it's just so fun to me didn't I see you won an award right at your fellowship for best sneakers or something like that? I won an award. Did you not? I, I know thought I that. saw that. I thought it said like oh, best no. sneakers. I thought you had retweeted something like that. Maybe I'm tripping. Oh no, it was, it was probably it was probably like me just wearing like a sneaker for like a special game day or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you gonna keep rocking sneakers at, at UTSA? Hey yo, I want to rock sneakers, man. I okay. I, it's not it's not about letting me, man. It's, 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 a, part of it. it's, it's a part of it. Like, hey, 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 first, because first thing is like first thing that when I went to residency, I, I talked to the um, I talked to my uh, the chair, the chair of family medicine, mm-hmm. and uh, and I said like I said, man, I can't wait for you to see all my sneakers I'm going to wear during clinic. And then she's like, "Oh, okay, oh, all right." <laughs> so it becomes it's, it not only know. becomes. <laughs> yeah, no I'm idea. like because I'm, I'm not gonna say like I'm gonna wear sneakers no matter what, but it's it's once you make if you make something look good, you know, in mm-hmm. terms of like keeping it clean, keeping it mat, you know, matching up, and it becomes a talking point, and it becomes mm-hmm. like something that makes the patients feel comfortable. And also for me, it's also providing it provides a cool factor that these athletes that I'm treating, you know, whether they be in uh, middle school, high school, collegiate, they say like, wow, you can actually wear sneakers and be a doc. Being a doc doesn't mean you're, you're an old white guy with white hair. Right. Being a doc is a, is a young black guy that wears Jordans and is on the sidelines celebrating this, this, this game with me. So like in my perspective, that's what it's, that's what it's about. It's like, you don't have to be, you don't have to be a, a basketball player or you don't have to be a rapper or something to wear what you want to wear or afford what you want to afford you can be a physician you can you can still be part of sports and that's what that's what that's what i'm most excited about is like being able to be that that ben carson to certain people that people can say like oh yeah i remember this i remember this one this one doc that i saw he was wearing sneakers and he had a tie on and he was he was he knew his stuff and he he was really good and i want to be something like him so that's why that's part of that's part of the that's a little bit of the uh, that's a little bit of percentage of why I wear sneakers, but most of it's to stun on fools, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, but Steve's uh, right. Yeah, yeah. That's, <laughs> that's so that's so like it's it's historic. It's it's very like it reminds me of things coming full circle when you when you're aware of the impact that you can have because of the impact someone else had on you, and you you're knowing the yeah. power and the power of imagery. And representation that's yeah. huge man that is huge so yeah man man that's huge that's like time. and then the way you broke it down <laughs> i'm sorry I'm, I'm fanboying out right now you, you broke it down like <laughs> you basically have a, a history a chapter of a history book on your feet as you're you know going through your day with a with a lesson yeah. ready to be bam bam thrown out of somebody just just like that's i'm sorry that's yeah. exactly that's, yeah Hey, yo, I mean, the point, the point is that anytime I, anytime, you know, I, I kind of rock sneakers, people mm-hmm. are always kind of, especially the first time I, I go into uh, either a clinic or they're kind of like, oh, what is this? Oh, nice, nice. But then they start, they start under, they start liking it, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they start wanting yeah. to get it. They start wanting, 
uh, they start wanting to wear sneakers because it's, 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 I mean, it's, first of all, it's comfortable. Like, why do I have to wear dress shoes all the time? You know what I'm saying? If you're, if you look good, if you're matching well, if you're, if you, if you look presentable to a patient and mm-hmm. they say, Oh, awesome. Cool shoes. I had, I remember I had a patient writhing in pain. She looked down at my sneakers. She's like, oh, those are nice. And then <laughs> went back into writhing in pain again. I'm like. I'm like slight moment of you know, appreciation. Uh, yeah, I'm like, I'm like all right, all right, man. All right, that's cool. That's cool. <laughs> no, no, yeah, man. <laughs> 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 that was so special. <laughs> oh, that's exactly how I pictured so it when he said too. it, though. Like, ah! Oh, those <laughs> about i know you told us stories a little bit um with like the our baylor friends about your experiences at different places you've been on and going into alabama locker room and stuff like that was there any moment like over the 15 years all the studies all the places that you've been to that just like blown you away like man i can't believe i'm here right now in this moment yeah i think that um you know i think over the past you know, I think over the past couple of years is, is I'm realizing like this, like I can't believe God has given me this opportunity to do what I'm doing. Uh, and, you know, it's, it's actually kind of scary, to be honest. It's like I don't want to I don't want to mess up. You know what I'm saying? Like, especially with with uh, with this 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 route or this path that he's led me on. And um, it's also like understanding the journey to get to where I am right now that I can't just, I can't, somebody may look from the outside, from the outside looking in of, of like seeing me, like say that, you know, I, I, uh, you know, I, I get a, you know, I get a new car, you know, I, I, I get my Tesla, you know, that, that I've been wanting for a while and they, they see me in Tesla, like, Oh, this guy thinks he has it, but they don't know. I've been riding that Kia soul for 10 years. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, they, don't, yeah. they, don't know, they don't know that. I, they don't know that. I, they don't know that I slept in Moody library yeah. for, you know, overnight for so many, so many years. And, um, it's like, um, you know, it's like, I, I, I have to, you know, I'm, I'm very grateful, especially even finding, finding my fiance who's been very supportive, uh, and to, to be in a situation where, you know, my, my parents are very supportive and, and are, you know, that's lifting, that li- that's lifting me up. And then also being in the, in this, at this clinic named after James Andrews, who I looked at ESPN and said, Oh, I want to be that guy someday. And to see him a couple of times and, and to be at the, you know, university of Alabama and to see what they, what they do, it's kind of like, Whoa, I have to make sure I soak this all in and then be able to use that and then be greater than than every be greater than uh than what i'm seeing because you know i feel like when you look at when you look at especially I, you know i'm blown away when i went to the university of alabama number one that's like the the you understand why recruits go there and for me i i feel like uh i feel like i relate to those recruits and those at college athletes so much because i'm only in alabama for one reason and they're only in alabama for one reason I'm in Alabama to be the best sports medicine physician I could possibly be. And I don't have ties to Alabama. I don't know anybody in Alabama. I, do I want to be in Alabama? No, I want to be in Texas because I'm, I'm a Texan. I want to be there. 
the same thing with when you look at somebody like Najee Harris, you know, he's from California. He's going to Alabama what, for one reason only to be the best running back that he could possibly be to compete against the best that he can possibly be. And they're going to have to, they're going to have to take a cut on their lifestyle in order to get to where they want to, to what they truly want. So that's, that is, that's something that I was, I'm able to kind of look at a parallel and try to pretend that I'm a recruit and, and using this time to understand that I'm going to use this opportunity to be, to get where I need to be. And, to go to that next level. Because when you look at my fellowship and one of the things, and this is also important for anybody that wants to do anything and anybody that wants to go to the next level, you have to look to see where those people are at. So if you look at, you know, if you look at the top of your profession, you have to see what are their, what's their resume? What is their, what are, what are, what does their CV look like? Where do they go to school? Where do they intern? Where do they work? And then when I looked at all these people, everything pointed to one, to one, one, uh, uh, institute one fellowship, which was this fellowship in Alabama. You know, it, it, some people can go anywhere else, but when you look at this fellowship in Alabama and you look at who are the team physicians all across, uh, all across the nation, to be honest, all across the nation, they all come from this one institute. You know what I'm saying? This one fellowship. So that's why I'm like, okay, I got to make sure I do everything to go there. And then because of the sacrifices that I made, uh, personally, uh, financially, and also spiritually, because people don't know that when I was back in Baylor, I went to church every Sunday in Dallas to play the drums. And then I would drive that same Sunday to go Sunday night to go to school on Monday. So I was doing, I was doing four hour, uh, round trips on Sundays because God, God has only given me one talent in which is to play the drums and to praise, you know, to do praise and worship. Everything else is whatever icing on the top, it doesn't matter. Like, I don't care if I'm a physician or not. If I'm not doing that, if I'm not praising his name, then I, you know, that I, I won't be able to be where I am. So because of all these sacrifices, I, I, I have to put myself in position to succeed. So, you know, you know, to answer your question, like looking at just being able to, to look at out the university of Alabama and to have to see the way that they, they push their, their their players to see their facilities to see like the because they're to see how much money they're pouring into that football program because everybody's buying in because you have people that can start anywhere else in the nation but everybody wants to go there because they want to compete and be the best and and that's that's the kind of that's the kind of 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 um of culture that I want to bring in sports medicine when I go to uh, San Antonio is just that I want to be the best in San Antonio. I want to pr- promote that, uh, promote that, that culture of, of competition, that, that culture of making sure that you have your ability intact and then providing opportunities for everybody else. Because, you know, to revert back to the AS, the, my fellowship, if somebody didn't provide one of the things I did also, I looked at the, I looked at all their, their past fellows and I, I try to see if there was any African-Americans that they had, you know, mm-hmm. I just want to make sure that it's safe, you know, yeah. my little green book, you know, I just want to make sure that right. it's safe to be there. But then I saw, I saw, you know, that they, that they actually, especially in the nineties or uh, early two thousands, that they actually went out and, and had a d- diverse uh, fellowship class. And, you know, and because of that, you know, and allowing me an opportunity to go there it shows how much, how important it is to provide opportunities for those that are less represented that are underrepresented because you never know 
who's looking in the future that wants to do what you want to do or who wants to be a part of the sports medicine field. And uh, yeah, man, I kind of went on like a tangent, man, but nah, you I can say bro. my two pieces, you know what I'm saying? Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> it's all those nuggets you're throwing out there and it just makes you just appreciate, yeah. you know, the journey that you've been on. As we're, as we're sitting on the sideline cheering you on and just seeing everything unfold and of course just finding out random new things like dang this man he's he's the yeah, one yeah. Oh, I'm I'm definitely like I've known KJ since oh nine and I'm learning things right now bro it's 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 crazy <laughs> and most of the stuff I know about yeah, KJ man. I learned from Deontay so it's like you know getting getting all the information from the horse's mouth is not only rewarding but it also just adds a lot of value and appreciation to what you do and the career path that you're on gassing up gassing up gassing up yeah um, but, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, man. The question I have for you in terms of your career and where it's brought you to now is being recently named as the UTSA's team physician. Um, Can you tell a little little bit about what you might be doing on a day-to-day basis in your role that you're looking forward to there? Yeah. uh, Yeah, for UTSA, you know, I never never thought – first of all, like, it was always my dream to be – uh, team physician, whether or not it be high school, college, pro sports, because one of the things that I, I noticed, especially in, in residency, was the importance of sport within the community, um, especially the high school. Like even when I was when I was uh, the team physician, one of the the resident team physicians for the high school in Galveston, like how the community rallies around that team, and then I'm able to know the players, and then I see their mom or see their grandma on clinic. It creates a form of trust and understanding of like, okay, this guy's taking care of my kid on the sideline and he makes sure that he's doing, he's doing well. So when it comes to managing my hypertension and diabetes, I trust him to do that. Um, so now to have the opportunity to do that on the division one level is, is, is pretty, it's pretty awesome. And uh, the opportunity came by from, from my fellowship and from a, a former alumni uh, uh, saying that, hey, we need somebody in San Antonio. Um, and, you know, you, I, you know, I did the interview process and, um, I, you know, I interviewed at a couple of places. And San Antonio, in my opinion, when it comes to sports medicine, is probably the most sophisticated. Uh, that that area is the most sophisticated uh, um, area in Texas when it comes to understanding the structure of sports medicine. Uh, and as a team physician, you're only part of the you're only part of the uh, the pie. I guess the piece of the pie in terms of providing complete coverage for an athlete, a lot of that chunk is going to be due to the athletic trainers. So if you don't have good athletic trainers, you'll never have a good sports medicine, sports medicine program. And as a primary care physician and as a head team physician, what I do, I look at the athlete from, from A to Z, you know, it sometimes I, you know, I, I'm still working on, on my, on the actual example I, I I'm going to use, because I always say like, okay, I'm the point guard when it comes to like sports medicine, you know, and then um, I can, I can see, I can, I, I facilitate the athlete's care. So like I can see an athlete when he gets injured, I can, the, the, and to be the best is you have to be able to diagnose properly. You have to be able to diagnose quickly uh, and then provide treatment quickly and provide rehabilitation so they can come back quickly. Like if that's, that's how you, that's how you, that's how Alabama does it. And that's how you ultimately be the best. You have to be, you have to have your, your, you know, your P's and Q's. You have to be able to say, this is what it is and do it and, and be open, have your whole schedule open and be able to provide and treat for these athletes. So 
once I once you once you see the athlete, you see what 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 needs to be done. It's like okay, I well I can do this for this athlete. I can either provide you know some uh, some uh, give them uh, you know a, a nostril an anti-inflammatory or say try this topical therapy. I could send them to PT, which is like my 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 power forward. I could send them to the orthopedic surgeon who who is like you know the shooting guard who gets all the glory you know gets all the you know the threes and and it gets everybody pumped up, or I can or I can you know go back and say that I can take it to the rim myself and treat him treat this athlete and get him on his way. So, but all that is you know the the athletic trainer is like a center in the '90s who like does all the dirty work who gets who who knows everything who knows the plays and, and does does what they need to do because if you don't have that centerpiece you're not going to do well so you know it's important at, you know as a as a as a t- team physician i'm just going to be facilitating and getting information about athletes getting information about what needs to be done and then facilitating in a in a uh, process that will provide the best treatment for these athletes because we're looking to win the conference USA, you know what I'm saying? And, and that's what I want. You know, I don't, I, I'm no longer, a, I'm no longer a Baylor alum, you know, I'm right. UTSA all the way, you know what I'm saying? Go, up. Up. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't remember if I told you, but Karina's close friend, her brother is the kicker for UTSA, Hunter Duplessis. So I know Hunter oh, pretty well. He, he's right, right now, right yeah. now he's a kicker. Yeah. He's, is he, uh, is he's he the one that's like on the, kicker yeah all conference preseason our yeah, kicker that's, uh karina's one of karina's close friends brother so i oh, met wow. him once that's and i've been awesome. following him he's he's doing pretty well man he has a shot to make it to the league like if not you know getting a trial at least he's he, he's like one of their pretty good players as far as keeping them in games and stuff like that so when you get to meet him tell him i said what's up and <laughs> Oh yeah, for sure, for sure, man. I know you. (laughs) (laughs) I know this guy that knows you, sir. I know, (laughs) but man, uh, we appreciate you so much coming on, bro. Um, Like we're we're definitely. I I feel like I was, like I said before, man. I was learning things that I didn't even know, and I've known you for for almost twelve plus years, man. So we're we're very proud of you. Love you so much, and you know, very in awe of what you've done thus far, bro. Like truly, truly. And um, every time we have a guest, we like to give them an opportunity to say anything to our audience, anybody that might be listening to uh, this episode of the podcast. Yeah, man. Well, shout out to my fiance, Crystal. I know she's listening. Congratulations again. Yeah, she's she's probably promoting promoting this right now. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, man. I, I mean, you know, this is not like for me to like, you know, put a, you know, put a chain on myself or, you know, try to pump gas myself or pump myself up. But this is like understanding the process for everybody, you know, and like I always say, if I can do it, anybody else can do it. You know what I'm saying? Like, especially when it came to the music thing, like part of, part of me doing the music, like was to show that, Hey man, it doesn't matter what other people think, you know, just go out and do it, you know, and just go out and, you know, I performed at all these little places and, <laughs> Uh, hey, remember, was like, but I was, was on stage with KJ one time at, <laughs> at Dia de Loso, which is like the Baylor fun day at the end of the year. I was just on stage with KJ, just like his hype man, just bro. Like, literally, there's a picture of me like best, this man. to the crowd. That, that, that was the best, man. That was, that was literally like yeah. I, got, I, don't literally think I, the, I don't think Dane's seen that picture. I got to show it to Dane. Oh yeah, that was that was probably the best picture, man. Yeah. But like it, you know, it just. uh yeah, I just feel like there's a lot of opportunity. And once you understand that talent that God has given you, 
you know, don't hide it underneath anything and expect to say like, oh, well, it's still here. You know, go out there and multiply it. You know what I'm saying? Go out there and be the best that you can be. And, um, I, I, you know, like for me, like I can't, you know, and I always, I always, and right now my philosophy r- right now is that you can, when it, you can be one type of Anthony and it, it, you know, this, this goes back to like my bar days when I created a bar, when I created bars, <laughs> like you can be one type of Anthony, you can be a Davis or a Bennett. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You can either be, yeah, I can, you can, you, you have a chance. You're a first round pick. You can be all, all hyped up. You can turn out to be Anthony Bennett or you can turn out to be Anthony Davis. What's the difference between Anthony Davis and Bennett? They have the same opportunity to be in a first round pick. One, one continues to work harder, even though they're in the league. You know, when, when, when you see busts, it's because they're, they're, they're happy to be in the league. You know, they're happy to say, Ooh, I, I think I made it. But then there's people that go in and out practicing because they, they want to get better. They want to be the best. They want to continue to, they want to continue to progress. They're not happy with just saying I'm an NBA player. They want to be an all-star. They want to be a, a four-time MVP. They want to be continuing to, to progress in their field. So that's the position that I, that I'm at right now. I'm like, am I going to be happy because oh I'm the I'm team physician of this, or am I going to be continue to be hungry to push myself forward? And, you know, God willing, that's, that's going to continue to happen. And then we can continue to to uh, come together and, and celebrate it as this as this pod, podcast progresses, becomes nationally known and everything, man. There you go. Okay, you know Jake and, and Wilson, bro. Appreciate you, you know so much, saying, bro. Uh, most definitely. No problem, Thank man. you so much for coming on. Thank you so much. That is KJ Kenneth and Wosa. Episode 47 of the Duo Sports and Stuff podcast. You can listen to this episode and all of our other episodes on any digital streaming platform, as well as our website, www.theduosportsandstuffpodcast.com. Oh, yeah. And support your friends. Support your friends, man. And whatever they're doing, support them 100%. If Deontay, if the Baylor gang didn't support me, I don't know if I was, I'll be able to do it, man. But you guys supported me from day one, and I'm going to continue to support this podcast and continue to support everything else that my friends do. So continue to support your friends. Can't see it right now, but I'm sitting here crisscross applesauce on my ottoman as you were, you know, just telling us about everything. <laughs> I can't wait when you like. I can't wait to hear about this or just hear about where you're at, like you know, three years from now, four years from now, five years from now, and just having the conversation about it because it's it's inspiring and it just it lets people know that you know the sky is the limit. You know, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Thank you. Thank you. All right, no problem. Appreciate you, man. We out this thing.